0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Here's the story of a lovely lady who was Brady
0: I always wondered, who was the first Mrs. Brady? What was she like? What happened to her? How did her and Mike fall in love? Did Mike Brady still pine for her, even though Carol was clearly the bee's knees? And the flip side of that, who was the dad of the very lovely girls? Two love stories were just erased from the narrative. But of course, the Brady Bunch was just television. So we suspended belief and suppressed our need for a rich backstory. But in reality, a blended family never starts with the blending. In today's episode, you'll meet Eric and Spencer. They were 31-year-old widow and widowers when they met online and eventually fell in love and decided to form one family. One family with them and their 11 children.
2: There's definitely been challenges. I mean, it is no simple task. One, having 11 children in and of itself is, is challenging.
0: That's Spencer.
1: Mostly emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, physically, yes, but emotionally it's very, very difficult.
0: And that's Erica.
2: Blending families is difficult. Becoming a stepparent has had its own challenges.
0: But Spencer and Erica's story doesn't start there. To tell their story properly, we'll need to back up to their first love stories. I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. So today we'll start before Erica and Spencer ever met each other.
1: My first husband, his name is Tony. Tony and I had been married just shortly under 10 years before he passed away in December of 2016.
0: A year and a half into their marriage, Tony was diagnosed with a brain tumor.
1: We were told that he would have anywhere seven plus years to live. We were hopefully aiming for 20 years over the course of the rest of his life. We did treatment, and then it would come back, and then he'd go in remission, and then would come back. Reflecting back, we always had a really good marriage from the first start, but when we had that initial diagnosis of cancer, he was only 24, and I was 22, and we'd already had a child, and we're expecting another one. We very quickly had to go through some really hard things together And face some really big questions of mortality, of, you know, do we continue having more of a family? How do we live life optimistically with this very, very realistic idea that he wouldn't be here to help raise our children?
0: After Tony's first brain surgery, he woke up with paralysis on the entire left side of his body. He was unable to walk for a few weeks. After that, he regained strength and he was able to walk, but he lost the use of his hand and most of his arm.
1: Throughout our marriage, there were times I had to physically help him with things. I had to help him get dressed for work. I had to help him tie his tie and tie his shoes. I had to change all the diapers, which was a lot of diapers. <laughs> because I was so willing to serve him, he was willing to serve me in, in emotional ways that he you know, listened to me talk about anything and would always validate my feelings, You know, always wanted to hear how I was you know, how I felt about things. We we definitely bonded together. It was a really close marriage.
0: Tony and Erica went on to have six children. They were about to have their seventh when the disease got the best of him.
1: My oldest child was eight and a half when he passed away. And my youngest child turned a year old just after he passed away. They share the same birthday. And then I was also expecting our seventh child who was born in March of the following year after he had passed away. That really great foundation of a marriage, that really helped me moving forward once he was gone, you know, to have faith in myself to make decisions that would be great for myself and for our family.
0: Erica was still young, and she did hope to remarry one day. It just ended up happening a lot sooner than she expected. But first, Spencer's love story.
2: My first marriage was very similar. We went through a lot of really difficult things. So my first wife, her name was Amy. We met when we were 12 and were friends for for years until we started dating when I turned 17. We got married at 19, We started having kids right away. Actually, so back up just a little bit. So she got pregnant just before we got married. So we were right out of the gate having our first child out on our own, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out how to be on our own and be married. You know, the beginning, it was really difficult. I feel like it is for a lot of people when they get married. It's hard right out of the gate you stick with it and you push through and you do your best to work things out and to try to make the best of hard situations and learn and grow from them. We really took that to heart, did it, and I feel like towards the end of our marriage, just before she passed away, our marriage was rock solid. I really don't feel like there's anything that could have taken us off track or put a wedge between us. We just really had a strong relationship.
0: Amy and Spencer weathered a lot of hard times and a lot of good times. They had four kids together, but somehow life seemed like it was about to get easier. Then in November of 2017, the unexpected happened.
2: Amy actually passed away in a car accident. Amy was pregnant with our fifth. She was 19 weeks pregnant at the time of the accident. So we were just getting ready to to have number five.
0: Suddenly, Spencer was a widow, a single father of four, and he had no idea where to turn for support. A month after Amy passed away, a friend recommended an online support group for widows and widowers run by Spencer's church.
2: I was just looking for help. I had no expectations for how I was supposed to feel, what was supposed to be normal for my situation, what does grief look like, how is it manifested in different people, and how long is it okay to grieve, you know, is it okay to be frustrated and angry and upset and and all that. It's just a lot of different questions I didn't know. I, you know, no one anticipates losing a loved one, and that having happened, I just had a lot of questions and what everything was supposed to look like and how I was supposed to deal with it. I was looking for people who understood what I was going through and maybe could give me some guidance, and Erica was one of those people.
0: For months, they messaged back and forth. Then they started video chatting. They even got to know each other's kids through the video messages.
2: She was mainly helping me, I feel like, because I was so new into it. But hopefully there's something I said at some point that helped you. Of course.
0: (laughs) Spencer was living in Virginia at the time, and Erica was living in Utah. About six months after they started talking, they found out about a conference for widows and widowers at Brigham Young University. They both decided to go.
1: We hadn't met each other face-to-face yet.
2: We went out on our first date, and we did a hike on our first date, which I was so nervous. We got to the top. I was sweating even more than I would have normally been sweating (laughs) (laughs) if we had just gone on a regular date.
0: They hung out a bunch and even got their kids together. The kids had seen each other a few times on the Marco Polo app and talked, but they were giddy to get to play around in real life.
1: They were so excited. Spencer has four, and I have seven. And with those matched up, our two older boys are the same age. And then I have two daughters in between that, but my third oldest daughter and his only daughter were the same age. And then we have two sons the same age, and then our three little ones are all with a year of each other. So they just all were immediate you know, best friends. And it was, it was fun. It was a little chaotic when we first went out the first time. Mm. Everyone running around and we went to a waterfall, which was probably not a great idea. A a waterfall
2: (laughs) right next to a raging river. Right. (laughs) right, With kids who
1: were super excited to see each other. And it was fun though. It was really entertaining and we got to laugh and have some fun with that.
2: We stayed in touch. We didn't really see it going much further than being friends at that point, because we were so far away, and it's difficult to have long-distance relationships. And we kind of went on with our lives.
0: A couple of months later, Spencer decided to move his family to Utah.
1: Not for me.
2: And, and nobody <laughs>
1: thinks that, but that's yeah, not true.
2: And not for Erica. We, I had you know, given a lot of thought and prayed about it, and felt like that was the direction we were supposed to be going. We packed up and headed out here.
0: Time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll find out what happened when Spencer packed up his entire brood and moved out west. Not for Erica. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. Spencer moved his family out to Utah for a lot of reasons. One of them was that he just thought it would be a better place to raise them. He does say that he didn't do it specifically to be with Erica. But there was a small part of him that thought maybe they'd pick up where they left off at that conference.
2: I did know, though, that either way, whether it worked out or not, I just really enjoyed her company and being friends with her, and our kids got along really well. And no matter what happened, I was okay, obviously, with just being friends. I spent quite a few months dating and I got into the dating scene pretty hard. I I was ready to be remarried. And so I went on a lot of first dates and met a lot of different people, just didn't have a real, really good connection with anyone. And Eric and I, we were still the whole time talking and getting the kids together and just hanging out.
1: I kept thinking, he's almost too good to be true. I'm like, there's gotta be some catch. You know, it just felt so natural being with him. You know, we, we'd meet up at a park and the kids would play and he'd run around with the kids and I'd kind of keep an eye on everybody and then kind of jump in when I could and play. It almost felt like we had been married already, even though we were just getting together as friends.
0: The two of them could only stay friends for so long. It quickly evolved into more.
2: Once we started dating, though, I, I it was just... It was just a matter of time before we had our first kiss, and then that was it.
1: I think he bought the ring, like, the day after we kissed. He's like, oh, she kissed me. She's mine. We're getting married. <laughs> Let's jump the gun and just get this done. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that connection with any of the other men that, you know, that I was friends with or that had dated. And I just remember thinking, like, this is this has got to be it. Like, he he's completely for sure the one I need to be with. And I also had my friends and family pretty much knocking me on the side of the head, saying, "Erico, what are you what are you not saying? Because you're basically a perfect match for each other." So yeah, so when I, when I knew it was it hit me pretty hard one day at, at a park, actually, and I'm like, I definitely want Spencer in my life, and I want his kids in my life, and I want him in my kid's life." And it just made so much sense and just felt so right.
2: What's interesting is, and, and maybe not super unique, but interesting, I feel like, is probably it was, it was only a couple weeks after we, I mean, really started dating to when I proposed. You proposed to me. And yeah. then we only
1: got married six weeks after that. Yep. So it was really, really fast.
0: Now, Spencer was meticulous. First, he called up both of Erica's parents to get their permission. And then he knew he wanted to get her entire family together when he popped the question. They went to a park called Thanksgiving Point. It was close to the holidays, so the entire place was decked out with Christmas lights. Now Erica thought they were just taking the kids to see some holiday lights. All of the kids.
2: It's actually funny because we walked all the way up to the gazebo before I don't even think you realized what was going
1: on. Yeah, before I noticed that my parents were there, and my siblings, and my brother and sister-in-law. And I'm like, wait, I thought they were doing something else tonight. I thought they were going up to Salt Lake to see lights. Why are they here? And I didn't make the connection. I was completely naive about the whole the whole, whole night.
2: So I walked her up to the family who was all waiting, and mind you, it was December,
1: it was 10 degrees out. It It, was It was literally
2: like 10 degrees outside. It was
1: so cold that night.
2: Yeah. And with 11 children, one of them being a two-year-old, well, Well, two two two-year-old,
1: a one-year-old,
2: two 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 two-year-olds. Yeah. It was rough. They were not happy (laughs) about it. And so I had this big speech planned I was going to give to everybody. And ended up working a little bit differently. I was holding one toddler, she was holding another. And they were and, crying and we yeah. were swapping babies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I made it short and sweet and got down on one knee and, and proposed and obviously she said yes because we're sitting here today. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> it, it was out, perfect. It turned out really it good. It was great and yeah. it was great to have the kids all there. And I haven't made a family there.
2: and I wanted her family there, but I also, we incorporate our late spouses a lot in, into our lives. And so I wanted that to be a big part of the proposal as well. Because I, I felt guided at times for my la- late wife. And I, I feel like they've kind of been a part of this in some way. And, and so I got each of the kids, I got them a sunflower, which is my late wife's favorite flower, wrapped in... Utah Jazz colors. They had Utah Jazz ribbons.
1: That was Tony's favorite basketball team.
2: Right. And so I had each of the kids walk up to Erica and, and hand her a flower, and, and I gave her one. And so she had a dozen sunflowers with these Utah Jazz colors. And then another thing with her wedding ring, we got white gold and rose gold matched together just to kind of be symbolic of, of blending two families, blending, you know, the two colors of of gold together. That was really important that I just kept them, you know, our late spouses a part of the whole thing. If anything, to to let her know that my late wife was still important to me, and I knew her late husband was gonna be important to her, and, and that us being married wasn't gonna change that.
0: Time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll find out how Erica and Spencer worked to blend their families together after their wedding. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you, it's gonna be your new favorite book. Even though Spencer and Erica's kids really liked each other right off the bat, blending a family, particularly one with 11 children, was never gonna be easy.
2: There's definitely been challenges. I mean, it is no simple task. One, having 11 children in and of itself is is challenging.
1: Mostly emotionally.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, physically, yes, but emotionally it's very, very difficult.
2: Yeah, blending families is difficult. Becoming a step-parent has has
1: had its own challenges. I was surprised to find when we got married how much more I love Spencer's kids than I thought I would. I thought it would take a little bit more work. I I mean, there's still some differences and I'm sure that as time goes on, that love will deepen, but I find myself seeing them and just wanting to like scoop them up and squeeze them and hug them because they're sad or, or whatever problem they have. But you can't, I can't quite do that with you know Spencer's 11 year old son because he'd be like um don't touch me I don't want to be hugged by a woman I'm 11 years old and so <laughs> some little things like that become challenging um, and with you know with the whole aspect of a parent being gone and um, you know Spencer's daughter she you know being the only girl she misses her mom in a way different than her brothers do and wanting to fulfill that role For her and being a mom figure, but not taking the place of her mom and giving that respect to Amy that, you know, yes, Amy's your mom and I'm just like your mom here to help and but Amy's still your mom too and trying to find that balance so the kids feel normal and that they feel loved and they feel safe, they feel secure. That's like a tricky balance trying to figure that out still.
2: Yeah, one of the difficulties for me, well, feeling that same feeling that Erica has where I feel like I've just naturally feel so drawn to Erica's kids and I love them you know the the same way that I do my own children and I you know especially as a as a man I feel like it's a little more difficult for me to show you know or to be like a natural born father would to want to embrace them when they get hurt or you know give them a kiss good night and You know, when you go to tuck them in or just those little things that you feel so comfortable doing with your own children that you don't think about when it's someone who really, you know, you've only just known for a short period of time and they're not quite ready for that. And they look at things from a different perspective.
0: I can't even imagine how to begin organizing a household with 11 children. It's one thing when you've got one kid, two kids who don't want to listen. It's a lot easier to be patient and understanding to wait them out. Eleven children not listening or doing whatever they want can easily dissolve into chaos.
2: To try to implement, you know, some structure and, and be that stern voice telling them what to do when really what you want to do is get to know them and, and become their friend and just be that kind of loving father figure, I guess, that's been really difficult for me
1: something that Spencer has been really good about since day one. I mean, we got back from our honeymoon. First day we had with all the kids and he came to me that night. He's like, okay, how are you feeling about the way I'm interacting with the kids? Like, is there something that I'm doing that, that you're uncomfortable with? Is there something more you'd want me to do? And, you know, he's really good about constantly checking with me. Often he's really been helpful about, you know, disciplining the kids and implementing, you know, different ways of consequences. And every time he does that, he comes back to me. He's like, okay, are we, are we good and comfortable with how we're handling this?
2: One thing I think we both do a really good job of doing is just being there and ready in the moment that the kids are ready for that. Just feeling them out every so often we're doing pretty good. We've made a lot of progress, you know, tucking them into bed and and trying to give them a hug and just see how that plays out and see if they react well to it. Some of the kids were way eager to show their love and affection in that way and and hug and give kisses at night during bedtime and and at other times. And some were just completely taken back by the, even the thought of that. And there's a lot to be said with that because of our situation, in particular to to the kids losing parents I think they don't understand that you know you can still love one parent and have a step parent that you can love just as much and so that uh, you know will, will come with time I think and
1: maturity and maturity, um,
2: and and maturity. yeah
0: mm-hmm. Erica and Spencer are still essentially newlyweds they've only been married for six months so everything is essentially still trial and error including figuring out what makes their days run more smoothly Spencer will typically wake up around 6 a.m., Well before Erica. He gets ready, gets himself out the door as quickly as possible. Now luckily he's self-employed, which means he can come back to the house to help out.
2: I come home for lunch a lot of times when I'm able to and help get the babies down for a nap or help clean up or, or do Spencer's
1: whatever. Spencer is a 100% hands-on parent. He's amazing. I, everyone's always, Erica, how do you do with 11 kids? How do you do it? That's so great. I know how you do it. I'm like, it's not me, it's Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it is a busy day. We're usually at 738. Well, school year is 730. You know, kids out, out the door by 845. And last year we had about half the kids in school and half the kids at home. This year we'll have, two, well, we'll have six in school, two and a half day kindergarten, and then three at home. So during the day when we only have some of the kids, it's pretty lax and we have a good routine going. But when they all come home from school at four, it's... It's loud, lots of lots and lots of noise, lots of laughter, sometimes lots of crying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a definitely go 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 day. And sometimes, when Spencer gets home from work, I'm like, I don't think I sat down today, other than when I put the babies down for a nap to sit down next to them. Um, it's just there's always something to do. Someone always needs help, or there's something always to clean. And I swear, we never stop doing laundry ever.
0: <laughs> do you guys want more kids?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we get ask that a lot <laughs> we, we often have people say don't you want to make it in an even dozen you know cheaper by the dozen and you know right now we're really content with where our family's at so we, yeah. we haven't completely closed doors on the option but i'm i'm very happy not to be pregnant right now <laughs> so <laughs>
2: <laughs> and with as much as we have going on just blending families it's We're throwing a newborn baby into the mix doesn't sound very appealing right now.
1: Yeah, we we like that we're pretty much almost sleeping through the night at this point.
0: (laughs) How do you even make time to be newlyweds with 11 kids around?
1: I think time and spending quality time together is really important in any relationship, especially at the beginning. Set some foundations and to continue to get to know each other, because we've only known each other for a year and a half. And so... That's been a an important thing. We've implemented weekly date nights, which has been a godsend for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, shout
2: out to Erica's parents. We can give yep, shout outs. Every out Friday something.
1: they come and we go on like <laughs> five, six, seven hour dates. <laughs> yeah, they're very they're long, great. but they're great.
0: <laughs> Do you need two babysitters for 11 children?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, my, my mom can handle them pretty good on her own, but my dad usually comes and helps out. So, but if we, if we got younger people, you know, like some teenagers, sometimes we'd double up and get two. Usually, Sometimes yeah. three.
0: <laughs> Keeping Tony and Amy's memories alive was really important to both Spencer and Erica, both for their kids' sake and for theirs. See, they didn't just blend the 11 kids. They also blended together the lives they had before each other, the legacies Amy and Tony left behind.
2: We each have a lot of really good memories, and a lot of our life was spent, and really all of our adult life was spent with our spouses. So, all of our experience in marriage and being adults and growing and learning comes from our experiences with them. We're all still grieving in in one way or another, but it's important for us to keep them involved and keep their memory alive. We have pictures, we have a live, uh, what is it, a digital digital picture 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 frame? that streams pictures of Tony and Amy pretty constantly we've got a section of a bookshelf kind of dedicated to them with pictures and mementos and,
1: and letters and stories yeah
2: i feel like i can speak for both of us when i say it's it's important for both of us to remember those things and it's a very big part of our lives and our faith is tied into that too that's really important to keep their memories alive and i think
1: even in our marriage we we tend to talk about Tony and Amy quite a bit I mean, to the kids, definitely we mention them every day. But even to each other, we'll we'll tell each other stories about you know, oh, one time Amy did this, and you know, just kind of laugh. And same thing with Tony. And I feel when Spencer tells me stories about Amy and tells me more about her, I feel like I'm getting I get to know her in, in a way. But I feel like I get to know Spencer in a different way too, because so much of who he is is tied to her. It's been really healthy and beneficial, and I think it helps in our in our grief as well that we talk about them openly. We, you know, talk about stories often, so that we kind of have like this connection, even though we didn't even know them at all. I feel like we we grow a connection, and it also I feel like it's really important in our parenting as well, just to kind of you know I, I like to get to know Amy better and hear stories about from her. So just so I could see, okay, how would Amy handle this with this particular child? What do you think this would work better? Or even with Spencer, you know, what would Amy would have done in this situation to tease him and make fun of him in front of everybody?
0: (laughs) It was a widow support group that brought them together in the first place. But both Erica and Spencer believe it was actually more than that. They believe God played a big role in helping them find each other.
2: I was looking for answers In our faith, when we're looking for answers, oftentimes we'll pray. I prayed about marriage, and I I felt that immediate confirmation. It was immediately directed toward Erica, and I knew right away.
1: We'll joke about how sometimes we feel like we've been married 20 years to each other. Just, you know, coming from our marriages before and bringing that into it and starting where we left off with our other spouses. Sometimes, and it's it's a really difficult thing— to explain because where we're at now, we're so grateful and feel so blessed and just so happy and so much joy for where we're at. And at the same time, we deeply miss our other spouses and miss that life. And we've lost a lot of those dreams and aspirations we had for that life. Even though we had such tragedies happen to us, and now we've been so blessed that this was God's intention for both of our lives God had this in store for this to happen to both of us separately and then for us to join together that this this was how he wanted it so that we could learn and grow and and have these experiences and appreciate life in a different way that will continue to make us be better people and hopefully become better parents oh God's a huge part of our lives day to day and just over the course of our lives and I definitely know that continuing forward that he definitely is mindful of us and has his hand and how we continue throughout our life and our marriage.
0: Erica and Spencer both credit their former spouses with shaping the people they are today. In so many ways, they owe their current relationship to Tony and Amy. It's beautiful, it's really beautiful how their former spouses have woven this invisible net of support around them, have shaped their new marriage for the better.
2: We've overcome so many obstacles in our previous marriages that those things that we've learned and the growth that we've had, personal growth, is just carried with us. I really feel like I'm picking up where where Amy and I left off, so it's been really great.
1: We don't know how long we'll have with each other, with anybody, and so we're quick to forgive, quick to apologize, um, slow to anger with each other, um, quick to build each other up. That's something that I've been able to bring into this marriage, too, is having that deep commitment that no matter what we have thrown at us, whether it's health problems or if it's financial issues or you know difficulties with children we can get through anything because we do have that truly deep love and commitment for each other that no matter what the other one's going to make sure that each of us will both put the other one's needs before our own selves.
2: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Erica and Spencer Shemwell. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Young. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klein. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. that's j-o at committed you can grab a copy of joe's book how to be married on amazon or wherever books are sold committed is a production of iheart radio and produced in our studios located in atlanta georgia for more podcasts from iheart radio visit the iheart radio app apple podcasts
1: or wherever you listen to your favorite shows hey
0: guys joe here